You are listening to the Mumgri Podcast with Lillian Umarunji Jung and Isabel Alexander. To listen to Rage Against the Machine. Now I know they're like an old, old 90s group, but if there is any band on this planet Earth that fulfills my need to just feel all the feels at once, it is definitely Rage Against the Machine. For sure. And so what I do is I turn them on and I'll usually go for a run, walk, whatever it is. I'm usually walking or moving in, in some form or fashion, but I listen to it and uh, all four of their albums, like back to back to back. And then I just, and I feel instantly better. It's actually the quickest fix out of all of those that I've listed off. Um, that is so random and so epic. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Killing in the name of is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Like if you listen to that song, it'll literally make you feel like you can do anything in the entire world. Cause it just makes you rage. Like it makes you a crazy person for like five minutes and then you feel better. Um, so that's a fun fact about me. Okay. So that, that's kind of like my way to Zen out though. Mm -hmm. So definitely for me, number one would be exercise. Um, but I'm not like the typical person that, oh, I want to feel Zen. I'm going to go work out, but I'm going to do yoga. Like, no, namaste my ass out of the class. And I'm going <laughs> to go to something a little bit more intense. I, I like to go to a body combat class. There's nothing to get you in the Zen mood, like pretending to punch somebody in the face and pretending to curb stomp people. In a group I'm with you on that. I'm with it's, you on that. I'm not like, into the yoga as much as I am. More no. like intensity when it comes to that. It's that too feeling. quiet for me. It's too quiet. And then I, I find that I'm, you know, you're supposed to be letting your mind go blank and free. And I'm just like thinking of all the shit I got to do when I leave the, the yoga class. And then yeah. looking around like, how come those people are so flexible? How come my hips are on fire? Why is nobody <laughs> else dying? Am I the only one sweating? <laughs> so yoga is definitely not it for me. I like a, a like a martial arts types class, body combat. Like yeah. I said, I want to I want to punch something or pretend to punch somebody in the face. And so it's you, you know, know it's yeah. frowned upon to to walk around punching people in the face. So this is the closest you can get. I'm so, into it. I, I I was a Taibo expert back in the day okay <laughs> and I still do Tybo to this day so it, amazing I actually met Billy Blanks what uh, yeah a few years back he's still around and kicking and he still looks the same I think he's Wait trying a minute. to like, rejuvenate Wait. his career but he's yeah he's always at the fit expos so I met him and then another like celebrity trainer called Eric the trainer they were just walking around stop um, it yeah he's he's badass you met Billy Blanks yeah yep do you know how big I feel like you've been holding a secret from me? <laughs> this is the hugest yeah, news ever. He is awesome. Was, he was super nice, friendly, amazing. Just like do you video. Re- do you realize that every ad lib that he's that he says in all of his videos, I I like naturally speak them to other people when I see them. Like I'm like, come on, don't give up. Like all his sayings, everything. Give it all you got. Is that all? Is that all? Is that all? Like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. I'm the biggest fan. Next time you see him, tell him, tell him Lil says hi. Has Shark Week been around longer than Survivor and is Survivor still on TV? Survivor's still on. 
Jesus. Shark Week has been around longer. Really? Because, yeah. Why do I feel like the other one came out first? Okay. No. So, yeah, Shark Week has been on longer than Survivor. It started airing in 1988. July 17th, 1988. And it's, it airs every summer since then. It's a whole week long. Different shark shows. And, you know, most people would think, okay, how many shark attacks things can you watch? Every year, they feature different stuff. So, last year, the year before, they did, like, Michael Phelps versus, like, a tiger shark. And basically had him in the water and had Mm -hmm. him swimming in an area that, like, there may or may not have been tiger sharks. But they basically, like, made a race between him and a shark, a virtual race. However, it was, it was really cool the way that they set it up and the way it was simulated. Um, and you know, who's at an advantage and things like that. And based on like the average shark, this length, um, can travel a hundred yards in the water, this speed, you know, is Michael Phelps faster than the shark. It was really cool. Of course they always have the shark survivor stories and, and things like that. But, um, it's it's freaking bomb. I always end up learning stuff every year. It's a huge deal for me and my sister. Like we literally yeah. we've been watching it probably for like 25 years now. I mean, I remember when you first started watching it. Like I remember mm-hmm. I knew you and you told me, "Hey, I'm going to watch Shark Week." And it was like a big thing, but yeah. I didn't know you continued. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh yeah. Marley's in on it too. She loves she loves watching Shark Week. There's like filters happening on you know on on Snapchat. They'll have filters and it's just freaking lit, wow. lit. And I feel like that episode was yeah. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Because of Shark Week coming out right now, and of course everybody knows about Baby Shark too. Um, they uh, have launched a cereal. There's a Baby Shark cereal coming out. I think in like celebration of shark week so that's gonna take not only is shark week trending on the gram but baby shark is snatching everybody's fucking coins right now wow so much for goldfish what's gonna happen right (laughs) do they talk about how we need to protect our sharks because we kill 70 million sharks each year yes so they always have like conservation conservation topics and they talk about um the like poaching basically of sharks for the fins and things like that for like shark fin soup and and what happens and it's really sad because they cut off their fins and then the shark essentially just freaking drowns because it can't swim anymore and all they did was cut off the fins for somebody's nasty ass soup we cannot remove the top predator from the ecosystem it's no everything will go awry yeah wow well i'm definitely gonna call you if i'm over on like how to be a millionaire and there's a shark question you definitely need to call me my shark trivia is on pot on point the floor of the park felt like i was standing on pillows all i kept thinking to myself the squishy ground yeah like made with with tires yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's new that's that new that's that new shit (laughs) 
We didn't have that. We had gravel. We had slivers. I had a sliver every time I went home. Yeah, the wood wood chips, you either had gravel or sand. And if you fell off the merry-go-round, which you probably did because... Yeah, it basically was like a suicide attempt. <laughs> You're going home with a bunch of splinters. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the rust. Like, I'm surprised not all of us had hepatitis B, like, off the bat. Like, oh, these yeah. these new parks have rope, like, really nice rope. I don't even think it's made with rope material. It's made with some new crazy stuff that just doesn't affect it's like your... kind of, like, fancy nylon. But you Do kids even get calluses anymore? Like they don't, they don't even, even get calluses. No, they don't. Damn. And they have, I mean, at least out here, most of the parks have um, like a covering or like a netting or something for shade. So they ain't even out here getting heat stroke like we used to be. What? Yeah. Like a yeah. shaded area? Yes, yeah, a shaded area over the playground. I mean, oh. Phoenix, it was expected because you you just the kids are gonna fucking die they're gonna burn up they're gonna die they can't be they they have to go to the park after night yeah they're like little vampires like darkness <laughs> comes in the summer and then out you go but yeah out here the park at marley's preschool has uh it's covered it has a little shaded area over the over the playground the only part that's not shaded is the splash pad where they have like the water stuff so unbelievable yeah. craziness wow. yeah 30 years, that's all it takes. Did you always know that you wanted to be a father? Was that something that no, you sort of grew up thinking? Definitely not. No, no, definitely not. So I that was up, something I grew up, that came. No, yeah, I grew up, I grew up, I mean, I grew up at a time where being gay was not legal. <laughs> I grew up at a time where... Um, my family, even though they were surrounded by you know, a bunch of uh, gay people, um, because I played a bunch of softball in Nova Scotia, so a bunch of lesbians, <laughs> so I grew up with a, around a bunch of lesbian women, um, they sometimes would talk, like, not my, they would sometimes talk, not so, so good about gay people sometimes, you know what I mean? Because that's the time they lived in. I remember when I first came out, uh, my mother was really upset because she's like, wow, I know I said some homophobic stuff in front of you growing up. Is that why you couldn't tell me? And she was like beside herself because she adores me. She loves me, right? So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, for me, um, it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Growing up in Nova Scotia too as well, I guess before a big black family, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the gay thing was not really discussed, you know, that type of stuff. Even if somebody was gay, they were, you know, people – it's interesting in Nova Scotia. If you have a family member who is gay, most people would not would maybe gloss over it, wouldn't really talk about it, and they, but they loved you. But they might be praying for you too, right? Sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Is, so I, yeah. I grew up in that type of environment. So I that's one of the reasons why I sort of ran away to Vancouver to come out too as well. It's been only 47 years since mm-hmm. inter interracial marriage yeah. law passed to make it mm-hmm. no longer illegal right so there yeah mm-hmm. when it comes to like lgbt there's so many struggles still to date yeah yep yeah it's 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 been it's been it's been i mean it's been a lot i mean even as a as a gay dad it was what i mean so what happened actually was when I got together with my, my, with my now husband, um, he was like, I I do want to help, uh, have a family. And I never really had 
that in my mindset because I was always going to be that fierce, amazing queer uncle who breathes in, breathes out, you know, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, fabulous, yay, and then didn't have any responsibility afterwards. So when my when my now husband was saying, "Hi, I'm interested in growing a family. Um, I'm older, a little bit older." Um, if you're not really into that, then maybe we need to t- discuss that or move on, move on sort of thing, because, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember going, okay, sure, I'm open to it. But, you know, I didn't really thought of it like that, right? Because before, I mean, I didn't really think that gay marriage would ever be, I didn't think that gay people would ever be able to adopt, you know what I mean? I never thought that gay people mm-hmm. would ever be able to go through surrogacy, for instance, which is a whole mm-hmm. other Thing, thing that we went through. I mean, that's a whole other process, uh, which had its own interesting challenges and whatnot. Um, I never thought that, but um, I'd say about 10 years ago, we took a course at the 519 Church Street, Church Street Community Center, which has, I'd say, probably the most diverse programming in the world um, as far as um, the LGBTQ community, but also the, the larger community as well. Um, that their community, their community center has tons of different diverse programming for everybody in our neighborhood. So we live down the street from there. So we took this course called Daddies and Papas to Be. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the course, they ask you a bunch of questions. They ask you to go stand on this side of the room and be stand on this side of the room if you think this, right? Well, me and my husband were on opposite sides of the room. <laughs> and I was like, wow, how are we going to answer this? Yeah. And so through this course, they challenge you, bring people in to speak, speak and whatnot. Through this course, I realized that I, um, because of how I grew up and thought of myself as a gay man, I didn't allow myself to think that I could be a parent, that it was an option for me. And so because of options were given to me, I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then, you know, flash forward a bunch of years later, because of life intervenes and whatnot, um, we decided to do this. Black woman, right? We we have daily obstacles and ongoing struggles. And especially now as a mother, I find yep. new things sort of coming up all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You have a beautiful, you know, you're yep. a beautiful person. You're Black, gay, and you're Muslim. One might argue that that's the greatest struggle of all peoples, right? Um, but how do you respond to that? And how do you maintain sort of a level of well, then? Well, it's it's interesting to me. Sometimes I'm really like. Sometimes I say I, I am that angry black man, um, and I try I try mm-hmm. to live in the black boy bliss, but you can't always do that, right? Um, for mm-hmm. me, um, I say this to everybody. Like on my Facebook page, you know, people were. I said sometimes it's just a lot um, because of the work that we do within the Muslim community. A lot of people come for us or give us a lot of like what I call love mail, but it's really hate <laughs> hate mail sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they say you can't be this, you can't be that, and I usually respond with this. I say, if you actually believe in Allah or God, mm-hmm. my life is between me and Allah, not you, me and Allah. <laughs> yes. uh, I'd say to people, if you have time to mind my business, well, you must be a perfected being. And the last time I checked, you ain't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I tell to, mm-hmm. to, to, to people all the time, I said, no person, no person on this planet has the right to judge me. No person on the planet should have an opinion about my life. Go mind your own. Like this and treating others, <laughs> like in my rat, in my um, community, like in my space, in my family, like I was doing, because I knew that that wasn't me, and I wasn't acting in 
I wasn't acting like myself, so I knew I needed help, like, immediately. Yeah. Have you noticed a, a change or a difference since seeking help? Absolutely. I went to the maternal wellness program, and it was three days a week for about six weeks. And it was basically a group therapy. They teach coping skills, kind of like mother and baby attachment. We did a lot of baby and me classes. Self, They taught, like, self-care um, it was also good to be in community with other women who were dealing with it at the same time. Yeah. And we used like our experiences and through the talk therapy to like, I mean, it, it, it's a lonesome feeling. And so when you're put in this program with the other women, you're like, okay, it kind of normalizes it for you. And you don't feel as isolated because you're making yourself get out and go to this program and talk about what you're feeling. And then there's others there that can validate you right there in that moment. Because at home, you don't get that. <laughs> You're just yeah. in your feelings and it's spiraling and spiraling. Well, it's it's very, I think it's a very difficult thing to deal with be, as a mom. Because, I mean, dads, they don't really they don't really get it. Yeah, they I'm sure like they're supportive. But this is not really something that a father goes through. Um they do say that about 10% of new fathers will experience some kind of depression during the postpartum period, but they're, they're, they, they're usually going back to work at, you know, two weeks and whatnot. And then you, you are just on your own with the baby and postpartum depression for the most part, even though it's, it's really common now, a lot of people still don't talk about it specifically in the black culture. It's not something that's talked about. Absolutely. My mom said to me like, oh, you're in that program? How long is it? Okay, well, I don't want you in there too long. You know, we're strong. We've all done it before. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Yeah, that's the the misconception. (laughs) Breastfeeding. What did you find it was weird, like a weird adjustment? To, to kind of go through here's this new baby now here's your wife just whipping out her boob and she's like feeding the kid like was it weird for you the transition from boobs being like a sexual object to now this thing is literally <laughs> nourishing your your child oh man let me tell you this like <laughs> can i go yeah. hide in a room right now <laughs> oh 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 engorged boob yeah it's something different to see. That's for sure. I was like, what? It was that size, but now it's this size? Okay. Hello. But it's not mine, unfortunately. I had to take a seat, okay, on this one. <laughs> but I thought about it. I wanted to taste too, but you know what? I'm not a greedy guy, okay? Good to know. So you heard it here first. Justin Jung is not about to be putting no breast milk in his coffee as creamer. <laughs> no, but I'm not gonna lie. I did have a taste. You did have a taste. Yeah, uh, I think that's a common thing. People are people are curious. Like, what does this taste uh, like? Don't, don't don't be don't be. Hey, don't what do you be, think it tasted like? All you zaddies out there, don't be afraid to have a taste. Just ask politely. It's sweet honey, baby. <laughs> Just a taste. They can't be doing ounces on ounces on ounces. Ain't no, 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 that's a problem. That's a problem. That means you didn't get nothing when you came out. You 
ever feel, and I wrote it in my question, and it's, it's a hard one to answer, honestly, but like a sense of superiority over your non-parent friends, like you've accomplished something so much more, you know, like I, I, so just my preamble here is like my absolute pet peeve. And I've made Facebook posts about this is when people are like, I never knew true love until I had a child. Like, Oh my God, you don't know love until you've had a baby. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So I'll just sit here and not know basic human emotions and probably eventually become a serial killer because I actually don't know how to have feelings and I'll never know true love, you know? And so, and so this, like to me so that's like my pet peeve like don't say that to me like I never knew love until I had a baby like great um like I'm Dexter <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I guess I guess I'm just broken and so when people say that it makes me feel like they think they've accomplished something right you know so special that's and then I'm sitting here going like 1.2 billion people or whatever have accomplished what you did <laughs> so you're not really that special you know okay so that I just got that was like one beer in like now I'm <laughs> now it's coming out <laughs> we're just gonna keep going <laughs> yeah. so but do you feel like is there a part of you that feels that sense of superiority and indignance like well I guess you'll just never really understand let me pat you on the head oh gosh no no, <laughs> no I think that the that... people that feel that are fucking weirdos like yeah yeah Thank oh you. go ahead amen do you, do, you, do you feel that way at all no, no, I think that that's a, like, that's, that's crazy. Like it, again, whether you choose to, you can't, you want to, like, that's nobody's business to be like, oh, well, I'm better than that person because, you know, I have a baby and they're choosing not to have babies or maybe they can't have a kid. Like, no, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. It is yeah. what it is. Like, and to be honest, like for some people, it's super easy to get knocked up, but it's, I feel like it's also really, it's way harder to not to avoid <laughs> pregnancy in this day, day and age. Like you have to be conscious of these things that you're doing. So yeah, it doesn't make you because you can have a kid or you have a kid or whatever. It doesn't make you better than anybody else. It just yeah. makes you a parent. That's it. Amen, That's sister. That is yeah. it. Yeah. I, I a hundred thousand percent agree. I actually can't stand it when people yeah go into like things about this is this is what real love is like I actually feel sorry for them in a way because I'm like wow this is what it took like <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day there was nothing else like you didn't have a good prom date you didn't have like a good solid friendship with someone <laughs> where the love, like I'm just thinking of milestones <laughs> in life that occur but like you didn't have a good tinder swipe that just a good one night stand and took you on the moon. <laughs> or a pet, like, you or know, you've loved a pet like, or a family member, like, yeah, yeah. your mom, like, what's up with your parents? Like, <laughs> just anyone, like, I feel it's, it's almost like a cop-out to just be like, oh yeah, children, that's what did it for me. Like, this is what, this is what real love is. Now I'm complete as yeah. a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, when I talk to other non-parent friends, I think that's where the biggest sensitivity lies, mm -hmm. is that, especially for women. Yeah, because men don't face the same type of pressure to have children and be parents. But for women, mm -hmm. I think a lot of non-parent friends can feel alienated when there's this suggestion like you haven't completed like a rite of passage. Right. You know, this is something that as a woman, you will never truly be a woman mm -hmm. or understand your womanhood until you have grown a human in your body. And I think that's a beautiful process. I think it is a miracle. Mm -hmm. But also there's lots of other ways to be a woman and be a human mm -hmm. that doesn't rely on procreating. I just think that's an archaic way of looking at the world. I, mean, 
next point. Social media is definitely mm. playing a big part in how we, I guess, brag or share, or give information about our lives and evolution and whatnot. Is there something that mothers are doing that is super annoying? Because we're probably going to have an episode, we will have an episode about Instagram etiquette, but is there a particular, like, what's in your stop that shit list <laughs> for, for parents? Oh, They're just man. like, listen, okay. Like, I left Facebook because of what happens in Facebook. It's too yeah, much. Yeah. The stories, the crime, like, there's so much yes. poured out from parents in Facebook. But what for you is just the stop that shit. It's driving oh. us nuts. Oh my God, where do I start? Okay. There's a few things that jump to mind, but I think they're more exceptions than rules. Like okay. anything that resembles an Ann Gettys picture, like <laughs> I will unfollow you right now. Like if your kid is wearing like a flower petal hat <laughs> or something, sitting thing. in a fucking barrel, like no, you're done. <laughs> no, that's the best part. You know those pictures are expensive. You better post them on Facebook. That, <laughs> that, that fucking flower yeah. barrel costs five hundred dollars. It costs five hundred dollars to get that no, picture. No, I hate it. Oh my god. <laughs> they can get them in the first two weeks of their lives, and you're sweating in this they room. They make you? Well, they tell you they're like it's got to be now because otherwise they're gonna be fussy and whatever. And you're in this hot boiling room because the baby I'm needs crying. to sleep. Because in every photo they're like, man, nah, just sleeping. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's expensive. So I, so I, I understand why. Did you do it? Of course. I did it too. There's so much shenanigans that happens in those shoots too. Like when we did Marley's, she was, I think four days old. She puked, she peed and she shit during the photo shoot. Like my poor photographer. Yeah, that's definitely not like my poor photographer, but that like she was, her niche is like newborn baby photos. So she was used to it. But I'm like, I was so embarrassed. Like, oh my God, we had literally every bodily function happened during this shoot. But like her pictures turned out bomb. I'm going to post the barrel picture. (laughs) (laughs) I just started following you. (laughs) Tag me in it. (laughs) Hashtag mommy culture. (laughs) 